The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. 22 season 18 episode number 30. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Today we start our preparation, Cowboys versus Cincinnati Bengals. We are going to talk about the Bengals offense versus the Cowboys defense today. Lots of topics and storylines to get into there. Let's start first with a little bit of a recap on what Mike McCarthy had to say in his press conference moments ago. Uh, let's start first with Dak. What's the status that uh, that we know, I guess, at this point on Dak and where he is following his surgery? Out for the game, but as as we talked about yesterday, I mean, uh, Jerry, I mean, had said yesterday that he wasn't going to go on IR. So I think that you know, like like with anything, we'll, we'll see how how it goes. But it, it'll, I, I still think it's going to be a few weeks, um, probably more than four, but. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna play in this game for sure. But I think that he can provide some help to, you know, the guys that are out there. That I mean, the Cooper Rush will be there as a starter. I think he can provide some some help from for him. Yeah, you're looking at uh, Mike talked about seven days to heal. Then the next thing would be work on flexibility, then work on grip. Once you get flexibility and grip in line, then you could start to talk about when he's going to play. But up until then, you really, really can't, and that's that's what they're going to work on. And the that whole that that you know with the way they repaired it, and the stitches and all the things they're going to see. But it's you know, and we know this about Dak and Britt Brown when they get together, they they work really hard together. And you know, Dak's going to do everything he can to get back. Is it sooner than later? I I I don't think anybody could say that until you actually feel where he's if he's able to to hold the ball. That's the most important yeah. thing, and that's and that's you can't just say, well, this guy has a thumb injury, and, and this and because no. if, you know how how big is Dak's hands, and where does he hold the ball, and where how what kind of grip how does he usually was have, his hand? Yeah. Yeah. and all that kind of stuff, where he, the placement of it is. So you know they they say it all the time, every injury is different, or they're all unique, but in this particular case, it, it certainly is on on timetable for for like you said of how quickly he'll get that grip back yeah I think one of the interesting things was yesterday when uh when we heard Jerry Jones talk about it I think everyone including myself immediately jumped to the conclusion that because they weren't putting him on IR they expected he would be back even sooner I think on our show yesterday we started kind of intimating hey let's slow down a little bit because there are other factors involved here like his availability to the team to do things during the time that he's out if he's on IR versus not on IR. Mike McCarthy confirmed that this morning and said, yeah, it was definitely part of their consideration of what he could be able to do. Does that now take you guys back a little bit on what your expected timeline is for Dak? I think Nick is right. I think it's going to be five weeks is what I think. I think that – I mean, I didn't I, say that, but uh, that sounds well, I, good. Well, I mean, well, 
You, five week. I mean, like, because well, I said yesterday, maybe you two said, or three. You said, yeah, yesterday, like, like, three. I'm like, like tomorrow. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going on. You said longer than four weeks. Oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Right. So yesterday I was. So like, you're, uh, you're not. You're not saying when he says longer than four weeks. You're not saying eight. You think maybe no, just one. No, more no. Week. I, I okay. think I think with 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 this with this particular player and the rehab specialist that they way they work together. Uh, I think that it's it's going to be you know four weeks. I think is super aggressive. Five weeks, I think you got a shot. What is that? The Giants? I mean, that's the Giants game. That, is that, that would be the... Rams, I believe. Is they're that good. right? Yeah, they're is good. That, is that Rams? I thought Rams was four games. Well, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. F- yeah, I'll look it up. What's the game after the... Uh... I mean, it will be pretty close to the bye week, wouldn't it? Philly. Nah. Philly is after that. At Philly. Yeah. No, because you got at Philly, then you got at... I mean, oh. you got home against Detroit and um, Chicago. and Chicago. And then the bye. And then the bye, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So these, I think I these think games all. So yeah. we're thinking either either Rams or Philly is kind of yeah, what we're talking I, that's, about here. I mean, four to five weeks. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking longer than four, and maybe the fifth week is what I was thinking and, about. And yeah. you know, maybe a situation here. Let's say that he does get the grip back pretty quick, and he's throwing, and he's you know it's looking good here. And the fact that him not putting him on on IR means not ready to start probably, but. Could be that Washington game, October first, or then October eighth game. I think that's the Rams. Not not ready just yet, but could be in uniform, could be in backup, could be in a role to have him out there. And you never know. I mean, he can do certain things. Maybe not make all the throws. If you know, if backup quarterback's going to get hurt, you're probably not going to have a lot of success anyways. But I mean, he, you know, he might be a situation because I think back to when Romo broke his finger. I think it was a pinky finger. They put him in uniform the next week. Yeah. That was a that was a mess. Do you remember that game against the Rams? Against got, the Rams in 08? Beat, yeah, they were they yeah. were zero and four team, and yeah. it was the Rams dude, as Pac Man said, and they went out. Brad there. Brad Johnson was awful that yeah, game. Yeah, awful, and it was a bad <laughs> bad game. But they put Romo out there in uniform, and everyone was thinking like, you know, let's play him. And yeah. I thought that was you know that was not the best idea ever. But I'm just saying it could be a situation where Dak is kind of ready to play or at least be out oh, there. Wait, do they play him? Who? Romo? No. No. It was it was it was a mess because they created the the illusion that he is if he's suited he up, why can't he play? Right. Because Brad Johnson was so bad. And he was every every bad throw, every play was looking over his shoulder like, All right, when's Superman gonna come save yeah. the day? Mm-hmm. And at that point in his career, you know, he he was still he was becoming a star, you yeah. know, and then like Romo could save this thing and uh you know, it didn't happen. And I think the next two weeks they just put him out and he, yeah. he wouldn't. Yeah, I think play. that's kind of smarter. Yeah, thing. don't yeah. give hope if there's not hope. Yeah, like, you know, if you're not going to use him, then don't don't put him out there. Yeah, like that. that was one of the it's, columns I wrote after that game that I was kind of surprised I didn't hear anything from. That was yeah, it wasn't a good one. No, <laughs> no, because it was it, that was just a train wreck of a of a game and a day, and I thought it was mismanaged and you know like like they had fired their coach like Jim Hazlitt was like yeah. the coach like the it was an interim coach situation. The yeah. Rams were terrible yeah. that year, and it was yeah. like, and they and the Cowboys were three and zero. Yeah, no, no, no. They they had started the year three and zero later in the year. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the wheels were kind of wobbly at that point. But but either way, I know we're getting off the rails. But it's just that you got to be careful when you do that. But I'm just saying it could be a situation where he's easing back into practice, which is the good reason to keep him off of IR. And if he's already on, if he's already not on IR, yeah. if you need that roster spot. It's just a way to kind of not have to take a. Bring another yeah. guy up or, or something. I know, mean, so. yeah. Go what were you going to say, Em? No, I was going to say, it's funny when I heard 
Nick just say, talk, speaking about Romo and like, oh, people thinking he was going to come in and save the day. And I'm just like here thinking, even when he comes back, I mean, is he at a point where Dak is going to come in and save the day? And the only thing we can go based off was this first game. Yeah. And yes, and you mentioned it, Derek, you said everyone has a bad day and we've seen that happen, but... It's just, this is looking to be a really tough season because even we don't feel like he's about to save the day once he gets back in. There's a yeah. lot of things that he and this offense still has to prove. You know, does anyone think on that option run that Dak made, you know, he kind of got out in the in the clear a little bit. It felt to me like he was uncomfortable being out there and he kind of ended the play, you know, kind of... He didn't want to get pulled down from behind. Right, again. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I thought, did he trip? It looked like he almost uh, tripped I think, fell. Like, I, it, think I don't he, know, it felt weird. It felt... The whole thing felt a little off. Shot in the back, kind of. I mean, yeah, just blow like, dart. Yeah, just kind of, yeah, just kind of like... <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, he... Blow dart. I felt like that he... Uh, I felt like, though, that he knew, okay, let's get the first down yeah. and I'll live to fight another day, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. And and I was okay with that because I thought it was a creative play yeah. using Turpin as the pitch man. And it, and it, and it, it froze a Pro Bowl linebacker yeah. on the play. So you're like, nice deceptive there of using. And now I'm okay with Dak. I'm, I'm just asking him, hey, get me first downs. If the play, you know, if you could pitch it, pitch it. If not, you know, don't take the hit. I, I, I you know, I was okay. But yeah, it was kind of an awkward stumbling right. fall, but it got the first down. Right. I think what I'm saying here, and I got to be careful on how to say this, but I, I believe if Dak is, is not comfortable running, and I don't know if that's the case. It could just be yeah. one kind of weird play or whatever. But if he's not comfortable doing that and being that, then I think the Cowboys have a problem. I really do, at quarterback. That's, I believe that they point. have a problem if they if Dak is not the player that can run and go dive forward and get a first down and touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. Because if we're just going to ask him to go sit back and throw and run every once in a while when it's wide open – I don't think that's your quarterback for well, you. But I will say this. If you're only going to do it twice in a game, how do you expect him to be comfortable? Like Maybe that well, goes back to yeah. how do you work him yeah. more into that role if that's the role you want for him where he's going to run more. Like Maybe you got to give him a few more opportunities. I agree with Nick on this point, too, because the, the thing that I said going into the season, I know at 105.3, the fan, we talk about this all the time with Dak. I was I was expecting the rough and tumbled and get bloodied, get muddy Dak to be back. I, I expected injuries, all that put behind mm-hmm. him. And I felt like that they for them to have success, they were gonna need him to play that way. Mm-hmm. Because if you're down offensive linemen, if you're down receivers, if you're you're down all these things, that's Dak's game. That 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 when he when he feels hits and gets yeah. knocked around a little bit, it seems to make him better during a game. But if you take that away, if that's no longer part of his game and it becomes drop back, read the field, Dak, I don't know if yeah. you I don't know if that's going to be successful you, for this team. He has to get into the feel of the game. That's why when they run no huddle, he seems to get yeah. you know, he's it's yeah. like it energizes him to like, okay, I gotta do this. Here we go. You know, and it's playing like a loose open game. If it's Dak pocket passer guy. I don't know if you're necessarily going to win a lot of games that way. No, that Seattle 2020 game, I remember being there. It was so weird because it was so quiet, you know. And, and um, but you know, he had injuries on the O line. I mean, Steele was playing, moving around. Brandon Knight was out there. Zach was moving to you know, in the middle of the game out to tackle, and 
there was a play in that game where he he looked like he was going to get sacked three times and he was kind of fighting him off and then he threw it in the end zone. I mean, it was just that's the Dak that I thought was going to yeah. happen. He still had three hundred and fifty something yards that day and was almost willing them back into the game. And that's kind of what I thought was going to happen with this team, and it still could. But um, he's going to be him. And and if he if he can't do well, that, well said. then I'm I'm worried, and I think we all should be worried. Yeah, about I think that. we all agree on that. I just question whether it is like how are they going to do that because it's going to take well, them I, making might, it, creating opportunities for him to do that like they did. Well, in that, it might on that be option. it might be him escaping the pocket and running mm-hmm. is what it Great. might be, and it, the confidence that I'm in the open field, I'm running, I'm running, and now you see that Josh Allen's stiff arm to a defensive back, and then he gets out of bounds, kind of a thing. I just feel like that he's so much a better player when he's when he feels the game. Yeah. When he when he has to play the game of, okay, I've got to read a drop middle linebacker. Okay, wait a minute, what's going on over here? That to me, when he when he says no, I'm going to go run. I'm going to go. How many sacks last year? Right around the line of scrimmage, yard two back. You know that hesitation. You know that's the thing I think that kills that's, Dak. That's what I'm thinking of and like concerned that, about the yeah, hesitation and he, the mental aspect yeah. of things. We've talked about that before, and I feel that we know how tough Dak is, and we Absolutely. know how much he fights to come back. But this is what third year of another injury, different kind, different level, but still an injury that's going to keep you out. And every time you still got to listen to the media, you still got to hear the comments, hear this, here we go again, Dak is injury prone now, these types of things that, however, it doesn't matter how tough you are, it, 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 you can't control the mental aspect of it sometimes, and it, it is going to affect you. So that's where I'm going back to you saying hesitation. I'm like, is he going to go back to that point where now he's more hesitant to make certain moves because he doesn't want to... He wants to try to prevent getting hurt. So is that going to cause a mental problem again to where he don't he don't look confident anymore? Well, I think there's a way to handle that. I think you can call plays like boots and waggles that get him on the move, but it's not a run play, right? You just get him on the move. Get him moving around, and he will see, oh, guy's not there. I'm already out in space. Yeah. Maybe I should run, right? I think you do those kinds of things. If if And, and these are a lot of assumptions that we're making. If yeah. you're assuming that he's sitting in the pocket and hesitant to run, there's a way to get him out there and yeah. make it more natural for him to run. And, again, I just go back to give him those kind of options. That's when he's a better player is when he's moving around. One of the best plays they had in the game offensively was the pass where he throws it to Lamb and it's pass, offensive pass interference. That was a play you get him outside the pocket. Yep, yep. So now you're, you're giving him the option like, okay, I see the throw. He makes it big play. Oh, wait, it's pass interference. Or he could have said run you know, or take off and go, but he saw the opportunity to make a, a play to an open receiver. And mm-hmm. I, I think those are – you know, give him like you say. Give him those decisions. That was such a tough call. I went back and actually saw that again. Was that, I didn't really notice. You it. know, it, 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 it's a tough call on CD because because yeah, his arm is extended and it's easy to go and look at that, especially in slow motion, and to see that. And he because he did. He kind of put put it in there. But when you're 150 pounds and the wind can knock you down, like like you've got to embrace. Either he was going to get hit or, or or be hit. And if he gets bumped there. He could go off his route completely, so he kind of has to embrace, you know, brace himself. And by doing that, that's what it, it, it's easy to see. I'm not saying it was a bad call, but I understand why he did it because if he just takes on a defensive back one on one, he's going to lose the battle probably. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he was trying to 
I don't know. And that was such yeah. a big play because a couple of plays later, interception, they were kind of getting it going. Good catch. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get it moving. And that that was a big play. One of the five key plays in the game. There you go. It was funny because, you, you, you know, you say that, and if it was on Diggs or Brown, we'd be losing our mind. You know, yeah, I mean, if yeah. it was if it was somebody doing that and they – Doesn't seem they get those calls. Yeah, I mean, how many – what, the Rams game that one year in opening <laughs> yeah. day where they had the about, pass interference call and they about, didn't call how about it? about the Bucks week one last year yeah, when yeah. Godwin yeah, just yeah, yeah, knocked yeah. Jordan Lewis to the ground? Exactly. So, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, when it happens to you, you're like going, oh, damn. And yeah. then when it's – what about them? They've got to call that. You can't let them, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, I honestly it, don't it, think they'd have called it unless the defender went down. When he went yeah. down, I think that was just kind of like sometimes yeah, you have was to a sell lot it of, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they just thought there's, there's a lot of contact. And it's risky as a defensive so, oh, back yeah. to go yeah. down. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. if they don't call it, yeah. <laughs> it might be off to the races. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to jump in Cincinnati offense versus Dallas defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Back to the break. Book an appointment at your local SLR experts and find the perfect SLR lens for you. You don't want to go blind, so see more, do more, mm. SLR. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment presented by Blockchain.com. And now we're going to talk Cincinnati offense versus Dallas D. Here we're on to Cincinnati. Start where we normally start. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, can tell me. Cincinnati. Tell I've me been first. waiting for that one. You have. Tell me first, uh, what is the best thing that the Cincinnati offense does? It's got explosive playmakers, uh, and in a couple different levels, it's wow, with, good. <laughs> with the um, yeah, and but that's you know NFL. The one thing we've learned about the NFL that and the draft and the way these college receivers have come in the game seems like everybody has a guy. Everybody has a you know I'm not, not maybe everybody doesn't have a, a Jamar Chase. 
But these teams do have weapons on the outside yeah. the way they throw the football, whether it's you know quarterbacks are developed because of seven-on-seven football or whatever. Wide receivers in college are getting a lot more opportunities. I know when I do the draft and we talk about the draft show, we always seem to have a really good list of those wide receivers. And you know th- this kid at, uh, from LSU – is is an incredible player, and the fact of the matter is he's worked with the court's quarterback, and it helps him even more. And it helped him in the Pittsburgh game, on the 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 drive that got him into overtime because of the way he threw the route to the corner at the pylon. It you know very similar to what a Romo and Des Bryant kind yeah. of a connection that you had. There are Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin mm-hmm. kind of a connection that mm-hmm. you had there. So, um, yeah, Jamar Chase. Going to have to deal with that on the outside. You know, they they put him in the backfield, they put him in the slot, they put him out wide. Um, he's a handful to deal with because he can run routes at all different levels. So, you know, is this one of those things where you say, okay, do you put digs on him, chase him all over, chase chase all over the field? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think you're going to see the guys probably play their sides and and go from there. T. Higgins is another really good player for them, but he got a concussion in this game. I don't know if he's going to play. So then Mike Thomas, who they got from the Rams, took over. Mike Thomas missed on a couple of deep balls. But it really, really starts with Joe Burrow here for this team. He's going to take a lot of hits. Uh, He's going to get up after every play. He's got a lot of toughness. He's slippery in the way he plays. So you're going to have to deal with a quarterback last week who's pretty stationary in the pocket. This one, you're going to have to deal with a guy that moves a lot more. And, and so, you know, you can't have those where you get in position and then you he ducks you and then he comes out the back door and he gains 27 yards to get him in field goal range. Yep. You know, that's what this kid does. So let's look at the flip side. Where are they most vulnerable? I think the offensive line again. You know, we Lyle Collins was not very good for them last week in the mm. game. And Lyle Collins had no training camp practice. He really it, – it looks – he looks – he looks out of shape. He doesn't look quick. Uh, he, you know, the the hip problems, the bend that you know people were saying. Well, Lyle Collins, move him to guard, move him back. To, they told you here that he couldn't bend. He doesn't look like he bends very well anymore. So, you know, that's a big, big issue there. And yeah, you you got Watt rushing off the edge, and that's a big, big problem. But when you have a guy, and the great thing about it is a guy like Tank and these rushers for the Cowboys. They know how to attack Lyle Collins. Mm-hmm. They know watching the tape like, ah, he hasn't figured this one out yet. So I would say keep an eye on Lyle Collins at the right tackle. They have a rookie at – and here's here we go again, another rookie at guard, uh, Volson, Cordell Volson that they got. And, you know, in my mind, he was a guy – they took him in the fourth round. He was more like a seventh-round type of a guy. So I think a lot less ability – playing at left guard, but they give up a lot of hits on this corner. Even Jonah Williams, the left tackle, who is, uh, you know, everything wide, he's fine, but then you spin him back inside or rush inside on him. He didn't do a very good job of handling Pittsburgh last week on that. So, yeah, they've got (laughs) some spots. They've got some spots. You could go at the right tackle, the left guard, and if you want to spin inside or take the left tackle inside – uh, you could do that as well. Sounds like a lot of leaky spots. Yeah. yeah. The, the the one thing that I think is a little bit concerning with them, maybe more so than what Tampa did, is that if Mike is going to be rushing from linebacker spots, that leaves your linebacker spots open for the the dump-offs and screens. And I think passing to Mixon yeah. in the flat is, mm-hmm. is something you got to watch. So 
I Hayden know, Hurst is a real good player yeah, through the tight, tight end. end. Yeah, that they have is yeah. is a good player as well. You know, so so that being said, I mean, I I've I've really flipped on this. I I I liked the idea of of him being a linebacker and all that, and I still think he should rush in different ways, but. He, he was better off the edge than any other spot. So I think you just figure out each game where is he going to have some effectiveness. And if it's on the outside, sorry, Dorrance, or sorry, whoever, you know, he's just got to make sure that, he, that they don't, he's not a liability to run at. And I don't believe he is. No. I asked you about that. No, the other no, day. I think he's fine. I, I, you know, you, that's the thing about it. Where they, where they struggled on the edge was really at the corner. And then Vanderish, I know coach talked about, I thought Vanderish played well, but there were a couple of times, there was one play where the ball went to the outside. Diggs, Vanderish, and Armstrong all got hooked up and they couldn't get off the blocks. And now you got a big run and play going for about 10 yards off that edge. Well, I was going to say, uh, we know Burrow is a very good quarterback, but last week he threw four interceptions. So we know he can give you those opportunities. And we've seen yeah. our defense be able to capitalize on some of those and get their hands on the ball. But my concern is, depending on the time of possession from the Cowboys' offense, how tired can our defense be to the point where now they're not playing at the level that we're expecting them to? Could this be – and after you mentioning all the talented players that they do have on offense, aside from the yeah. offensive line, like all of those players making them run all throughout the game. And if our, def- if our offense can just kind of kill time and be on the field a lot longer – is this something that could be a problem for the Cowboys? Yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, I think that time of possession is especially early in the season when you're not really in football shape is difficult. When you get a team, you know, I mean, the Brady didn't have to beat you. It wasn't Tom throwing for 400 mm-hmm. yards at beach in that game. They were they were stable enough knowing that they could run the ball and have success with Fournette, but they knew offensively you weren't going to do anything. You know, that was, that's, I mean, you, you've got to, and I, I will say this though, you mentioned about time possession. It'd be interesting to see how Kellen Moore calls these games because he might have to be a little bit more committed to running the football. Mm-hmm. He might have to be a little bit more in, and maybe some things, you know, with Cooper Rush, the, the, the passing game and stuff like that. You know, the one thing that Cooper Rush, we, we were talking about at camp of Noah Brown and Fajoko and their, their rising in camp. That was a lot of times with Cooper Rush playing at quarterback and stuff in some of those, you know, and they, they got work with Dak, but they got a lot more work with the Cooper Rushes and people like that. So maybe your running game with what you saw last week gives you some hope there to kind of stick with it a little bit more. And then the fact that you have some familiarity with Cooper and Simi and Noah Brown, you know, you know, those guys with if you go back, if you believe in metrics, if you believe in the numbers. Those were the two guys that had the most separation of anybody of the Cowboy receivers. Almost four yards of separation uh, per per reception. So and you know and Dak missed Brown on a big time crossing route that would have been a huge play. He threw the ball in the flat. So maybe you can you know maybe you could you're, the way that that uh, that Kellen Moore is going to have to call the game you know to keep the offense going, stay ahead of the change, run the football. Maybe that'll buy you enough time to get to get the rest and stuff that your defense just doesn't get completely wore down in this football game. Yeah, speaking of time of possession in this last game, Buccaneers at 32-42. That was their time of possession, Cowboys 27-18. So five-minute difference there yeah. between Cowboys and, and Bucks. That's significant. You start doing that over several weeks, start tracking up. 
uh, especially when you start thinking about injuries that creep mm-hmm. in and now you're farther down your depth chart and you got guys that are having to play more because they don't want to put other guys in. Like there's a lot of things to factor in here. And I, I think that's where you really I think that's a great point, Amber, that you have to be aware of that and, and see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know, like you say, the thing with Joe Burrow, if you talk about something that they struggle with in the protection, Joe Burrow will drop the ball in the pocket. You hit Joe Burrow, the ball will come out of his hand. There's times where and he's he's tremendously a, a tough quarterback, but you there when you hit him, he will put the ball on the ground. They got sacked the first play of the game, you know. I mean, they drop back first play of the game, boom, sack. You know, so it, that was something that they tried to go out. They went out and got Ted Karras, Alex Kappa. They went out and got some guys. They tried to they drafted a guard. They tried to to protect him better. Teams. I mean, Pittsburgh's a good pass rushing team. I think Dallas is a good pass yeah. rushing team. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's not like a, oh, you got Mike and that's it. You know, they've got some issues on their offensive line that you surely need to take advantage of. I'm thinking here's the defense gets you a turnover at midfield and what do you get three yards? Yeah. So you can't huge. have that. That's huge. That, yeah. that, that's the kind of crap that kills you in games. So let's go further with that point. They had seven. So they gave up seven sacks last week. Uh, if you were kind of thinking about the Dallas defense and all the weapons that you have, is this a game where you look at more opportunities to say, we're going to get really a lot of pressure on him, which means sometimes we're going to blitz and leave our guys, our cornerbacks, our secondary, out on an island a little bit more? Or do you say, hey, we think we can rush with four. We got good rushers. We can rush with four. We can still get the pressure and give ourselves some help on the back end. Which way would you go? I'm bringing the extra guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't rush four. I'm, br- I'm bringing the extra guy, and I'm going to going to. I'm gonna t- Take a chance that we're going to hold up. You know, Chase is going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, he's a problem for everybody. You know, the ball going down the field is a problem. But and Joe Burrow throws a pretty good deep ball. Isn't Tyler so, Boyd a, a fast guy? He is a guy. He, he's a speedy guy. Yeah. He's a speedy guy. But you know, T. Higgins. If they if they don't play with T. Higgins, that's a big loss right. for them because he's a guy that he's a really good complement to what Chase is. You know, and I, I don't think they. I don't think Joe and Mike Thomas have the connection yet. That uh, you know, Joe missed a lot of time during training camp with uh, he had the appendix uh, appendicitis yeah. and stuff like that, and so yeah, I, I if you're gonna if you're gonna attack him, bring the extra rusher and make and, and make them have to pick that up. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation on Cincinnati offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweets says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? 
Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Back to the break. October 2nd at the Ford Center is our first game day minicamp. It's presented by Invisalign from 1130 to 330. You can watch the Cowboys take on the Washington Commanders. You can bring the kids out. Mm-hmm. While you go to your favorite restaurant in the Star District, they'll have the mini camp for the kids. You can register at DallasCowboys.com slash Academy. All right. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Talking about the Cincinnati offense versus the Dallas defense. Last week, Dallas allowed 152 yards on 33 carries. That was a 4.6 average. That was on the ground since, I mean, uh, Tampa Bay against Dallas. How do you assess? How did you assess first the play of Leighton Vanderesh and Anthony Barr, the two linebackers that were they played a lot because they did use Micah quite mm-hmm. a bit on the end. How did you assess the play of the linebackers last week? It was okay, I thought. I mean, I, I think Brian probably studied it a lot better than I did, but you know, just from from afar, you know, I thought I thought Leighton played pretty well at times. I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna give up some. Um, you know, he's not the most athletic guy in you know in the world and. Uh, the injuries, I think, as I've taken this toll on him, but I still think he's got pretty good instincts and he plays well. Barr didn't show up as much to me. I don't know. I mean, they're going to need him. They're definitely if they're going to use Micah like this, that they're going to need Anthony Barr or some linebacker to to be, you know, to yeah, help. Yeah, you don't need the former NFL scout telling you what Nick just said. He's absolutely right, and I was surprised. Mike's never going to be critical of players in the media. It's not. And I, the funny thing about Vanderesh is, if you look at his best game statistically. They've all been losses yeah. for the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Denver, he played really well last Denver year, right? game. Yeah. I mean, he's, there's games where he's. 49ers. Yeah, there's been yeah. games where he's played really, really well where you're throwing dirt on him, you know, before and you're thinking, ah, oh, he's done. And he shows up. I agree about Anthony Barr. I think there were some of those runs that they had where, uh, you know, Anthony Barr got blocked. He didn't, he doesn't look very quick. And he doesn't, you know, the chase and stuff, it's, 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 it's like he was running in sand a couple of times there. And so I I, I think, Nick, you're absolutely right. They're going to need him to get in game shape, be ready. Or maybe maybe we've seen about- the end. Maybe we've seen – I am I know it's one game, but I was expecting a whole hell of a lot more with the athletic, the movement, and this, the ability to run and close and all those things. And I didn't see it in this game with Anthony. Do you Barton. think it was just a, a situation where he needs more time in this defense, or do you think it's more – Age slash health I, slash whatever those father things time are. is undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you hope Except that father for that quarterback in Tampa, yeah, father time <laughs> for is, whatever reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, sold, he, he sold his soul, right? I was sure. gonna say, what deal did he make? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, he's uh, the thing with with Barr though. I was, you know, he he's I've seen him play faster, and he didn't play fast this game, and I thought, oh, he's you know, he didn't have to go through training camp and all that. Maybe his body's okay. You know, it, it could be a scheme thing, but they're going to need him to make some plays. They're going to need it was it was very reminiscent of, 
you know, last year with Keanu Neal and stuff yes. like that, where you're like, okay. I've seen he, him play better, yeah. Yeah, I've seen him play better, and Keanu Neal then all of a sudden punches a ball out, and you're like going, oh, there you go, Keanu Neal. Yeah. Barr was very reminiscent of Keanu Neal, where you're like, he's close, close. Oh, he didn't do it, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. You got nine nine Pro Bowls with Jason Peters and four with Anthony Barr, and yeah. you're like, you're not seeing you're not seeing it yet. Now Peters hasn't played yet. Yeah. We'll see, you know, what's going to happen with him. But you know, that's a good comparison about Keanu Neal because you're expecting more, and you know, you just you haven't seen it. I I don't remember how the Vikings played him. I mean, I always thought he, he was, was like kind a, of rusher. a rusher. Yeah, yeah he was, rusher. Yeah. I'm not, Made I'm not Pro gonna... Bowls because you're an outside yeah. linebacker. Yeah. And but you're really a defensive. Mike man. Zimmer used him a lot of really creative ways. Yeah. And and Will Will McClay, I remember when we were all over at uh, at Valley Ranch. I remember walking by his office, and he he loved he loved Anthony Barr. That was his like he's like man, you got to watch this guy. And he was making cut ups and stuff. So you know maybe it, it is about getting in, in in football shape and getting ready to go, or maybe Father Time has tapped him on the shoulder and told him, hey. You know, you're not going to be able to chase the play. You're not yeah. going to be able to play the point of attack, or you're not going to be able to do this like you once did. And, and, and I wish, and I don't know if this, I'm not just blaming the Cowboys on this because a lot of it is the player itself. But they, they need to to really evaluate these and go like, hey, if, 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 if you're going to do this and you're going to say, I'm not going to be at training camp or I'm going to sit out all offseason and then sign them, like, like it, it's got to be a quick, it's got to be something where like, we ramp them up better than this. And so it's like, listen, here's the cutoff here. If you don't want to do this, that's fine. We're not, we're not signing you because it's going to take you to. I mean, when, when do we get? When are you going to be ready to play? You know, and I, and I'm not blaming the Cowboys because I think these players think, you know what? I'm not going well, you to training should, camp. A little bit. Well, you're right because they put themselves in these positions. They know their needs way ahead of time. But well, but I don't know how much the money has come come see, down. See, that's the that's the trick. Well, okay, yeah, that's that's true. the trick because what happened is his price was here, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, hey, uh, agent man, I got to go play football for, and okay, I could get you a couple million dollars with the Cowboys. Yeah, and then and it goes from thinking I'm 11 million dollar year player to I'm a Two million dollar year player, yeah, right. and then yeah, and now you're now you're to the point where you're like, it was too easy for the Cowboys to sign him up. You know, it, it, it's like one of those things. Like, okay, let us know when you're interested in playing. Well, you circle back with us, right? But I think I think it's got to be clear that it's going to take these guys, especially older players like yeah. this. It takes them a, a while, and, and 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 the Cowboys know this. That's probably why the price went down, yeah. like it did, and to the point where they're like, finally, let's do this. But it's, uh, it's it became a too good of a deal for him. It's yeah. like, oh, you're going to give me these three hundred dollar tires for one hundred and fifty dollars? Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll take. Can't him. say no. Can't say no. Yeah. But they need him to play linebacker or whatever. They need yeah. him because I mean, Micah, I think is going to be. I mean, he's got to rush. I mean, is Cox somebody that you should expect oh, man, maybe to get I, a little more? Burn I was or? hopeful there. That was one of those hopeful yeah, things. Surprise. I mean, and and I think he's struggling with these injuries, and I don't know if it necessarily is the knee. I, you know, they were trying to work him back in and. And at LSU, he was a really good cover guy and all that. And I mean, I was—I'll tell you the guy that's really interesting. If Clark can ever show up, oh man! I mean, there you go. That's a legitimate. If yeah, you talk about the best LSU linebackers between Cox and Clark, they stole Clark. 
They yep. really, really did because of the, the what happened with the back at the combine. So mm-hmm. hopefully he get back sooner than later. That guy would really, really help you right now. Yep. All right, uh, real quick, before we move on from that topic, I did want to ask, what do you guys think was the biggest challenge last week with the run defense? Was it the linebackers? Were they having issues more with defensive ends? Was it defensive tackles? Support. Support. They, the, the Buccaneers figured out that you can take the ball at digs, mm-hmm. and, and that digs is not always going to be like what we saw with Kwamu or, or or even uh, Bland. Remember during preseason, we watched these corners were flying up and they're making tackles, and you're like going, oh, or even right. I mean, they're running up making tackles. You know, th- that's not the most interesting thing for Diggs to do. He's not interested. And they were getting linemen out there mm-hmm. in front, so that's a difficult thing to have to take on linemen. But you got to read that thing quick. And the thing about it is Fournette is that you got a big lineman and a big back running at you. And they when when they got walled off inside, and now it's about corner force or safety force, and you don't get it there quick enough, man, it makes your running game look bad. I I got the sense that that and uh, or your run defense. You you can you probably saw this too, or, or but I I got the sense from the press box that where when when Parsons lines up on the outside. You know, unless it's a passing situation all the way, then that could be a problem. But if it's a run, they run away from it. I think they're running away. Yeah, yeah. that's what it felt like. It yeah. did feel like that. Yeah, you and I talked about that in yeah. the press box. Yeah, it did feel like that. Yeah, and I, I, I remember, you know, I mean, that's that's an easy thing. I, I, I remember a coach telling me one time when when uh, I remember Baylor played Buffalo and Khalil Mack came in. Khalil Mack was this great stud at Buffalo. They played him an outside linebacker. Yeah. And, and Baylor was like, all right, where's he lining up? Over here? Okay, over here. Every time. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> find out where he is. This is, to your, point of, this is yeah. to your point about Barr. Yeah. yeah. This is to your point about Barr and Van Der Esch and others. You can't get hooked. You can't be blocked. You can't be slow to react. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got Parsons on one side, you got to find ways to help protect what's going on over there with Diggs. Oh, you know, and not let them get to the corner that quickly. Yeah. You've got to you've got to rally that down safety, and you've got to rally the linebackers to that side if they're going to run away from I bet, from Parsons. I bet Diggs woke up Monday morning or whatever, being like, "Man, I'm sore more than I used to because he he, he got he covered around. well, but he I mean, yeah, the ball the ball going the ball going to his side was a big problem. All right, you know, as far as like the run defense, there were a couple of times that in this game, I noticed the middle completely open like you would get the line just splitting to the right and the left and then there's a perfect hole for the running back to get through and those things you can't you can't allow that to happen well, at they, all and then yeah. speaking of support then you yeah. don't have the linebackers supporting yeah. and kind of helping protect yeah. that area as no, well it's a good they, they played a slant front a couple of times and you saw i mean because I, mm-hmm. I, I thought the tackles played overall when the ball was inside they kind of held up well but there were a couple of times there where like Hill would go on a slant and then the other defensive tackle got hooked and now you write that thing opens up in yep. the middle and that's a that's an easy run for you right there. Yep. All right, real quick before we end the show, I did want to hit this other topic with regards to Hayden Hurst, uh, tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, usually the Cowboys, going back to last year, have been able to count on somebody like J. Ron Curse who can do a really good job against tight ends. They won't have him this week. Uh, can Donovan Wilson match up the way that they may need him to this week, or does Dallas do something a little different there? Well, I mean, let's let's factor in. You know, I, I, Maquamu could be a, a guy that that comes into the situation. Here's a corner, uh, former corner. He's got some good range, good coverage skills. Bigger and, guy, and bigger guy. Yeah. I, I I like him in that role. Yeah. Um, 
again, I've said it before. I mean, I think I would I would love to have seen Nashawn Wright kind of take that role too because I think that, that that would be a good spot for him. But with Marquise Bell and and Mukwamu both inactive last week, I think one of them slides up, and I think they can do that. I mean. I mean, I don't know what it is about Donovan Wilson, but the ball finds him. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. It does. And, and that was a great. Trip. And that was. And they fooled Tom Brady on that play. They fooled him for him to be in the backside a gap between the center and the guard and rut and drop all the way across. They got Brady to throw the ball right where they wanted to. So good job of design. You're right. The but ball does come to Wilson. He has good hands. I mean, yeah. like he he made an interception against the Niners like two seasons ago, diving in yeah. front of the guy like a like one handed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, you he, watched Monday night, Jamal Williams. May uh, Jamal? Uh, what's his what's his name? The the safety for Adams. the for the Seahawks for Adams. Seahawks. Adams. Yeah. yeah. Ball hits him in the face. Like yeah. there is something to actually no. That's a glorified rush in right catching, there. Adams you know? is a rush in. Yeah. He but is, it's, yeah. it's something yeah. about catching it, and I think that's a great point. I couldn't see that that the uniforms blinded me. I didn't see half the game. The highlighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, what are you talking about? It looks like Baylor's uh, basketball uh, uniforms. Yeah, there. Yeah. Eleven highlighters out there. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, you, what you're saying is Maquamu is your answer there. You think Maquamu may be the guy that you, you kind of you know? It might be a situation. How well do you feel about Joseph or Bland or one of those guys playing uh, as a as a guy, but moving like a Jordan Lewis to take him? You know, yeah. we've seen Jordan Lewis have some big covers. Yeah, against bigger guys. Yeah, too, and yeah. It, depending on what Cincinnati does in the slot. You can maybe think about well, maybe we could put one of our other guys in the slot and then move Jordan Lewis to be that cover. I guy. mean, I hate to say this about Hayden Hurst, but I mean, like it, to me, it was kind of like last year with Schultz. Yeah. It was like you know, all these guys, like what are they going to do with Schultz? I mean, at some point, you're just going to have to cover the guy. Yeah. Like, like I can't worry about Hayden Hurst when I got Chase and no, no, and that's Higgins. a problem. So it's yeah. like that's true. That's we're gonna, they, but that's the thing; they got a ton good of, for them. Yeah. Of, of skill players, skill guys. They absolutely have, a, and you, got, you didn't even mention well, with Mixon. Right, yeah, they got a lot suck, of guys. When you suck for so long, yeah. you're going to get good yeah. picks, and you're, that's it. I mean, they they've gotten good picks. Your answer is pressure burrow. There get you, after him. That's get after Joe Burrow. Got those tiny hands. Remember, he tweeted yeah. that out. I got these tiny, tiny hands. hands. <laughs> I might have to retire from the game. So, guys, one of the best I've ever seen play quarterback. <laughs> really yeah, yeah, like, and yeah. I have a hard time thinking he's going to have another bad week like he did last. Such week. a such a good point. We talk about training camp um, about how you know well, he didn't. Noah Brown didn't get a lot of time with Dak, and then all of a sudden it's like you know you're looking at. It, I don't know what just happened, but uh, you, you look at it and you say. Chase and Burrow, they got great time together yeah, yeah. for two or three years yeah. before this. So, yeah, they, they have a great They have connection. an advantage. Yep. Yeah, sure do. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. Back What's tomorrow, that? we'll talk about Cincinnati's defense versus the Cowboys' offense. Interesting conversation. Appreciate you guys joining us. <laughs> Nick Even, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,